This is the one with a mouth on legs. Robotic headshots. Bridge bigwig bigs. A Cyberman trapped in carbonite. And Adric's badge of honor. It's called Earthshock. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> We're embarking on a voyage all through time and all through space. Counting Daleks, Thalan, Boot, and the Cybertronic race. Sontarans look like taters and Silurians all have wonky scales. And the Doctor has a TARDIS. We're reviewing all his tales. Who back when? Reviewing all of who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and rate on iTunes, please. Episode by episode, we're trudging down this temporal. Come join us on this odyssey. What other choice could there be than who back when? Who back when? Well, hello, beautiful people out there in podcast land. Welcome once again to an episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Or Doc Past. Oh, or Doc Past indeed. Yeah. Why, isn't that a lovely voice? It could be none other than Leon. Hello, Leon. Hello, Jim. Hello, podcast land. It is I. It is him. And yes, it is I, Jim, your host for this evening's shenanigans, taking in the full force impact story. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of things happening in C122 Earthshock. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say for better or worse, but like kind of just for better, right? Kind of just for better. <laughs> yeah, for better or better. Hmm. <laughs> are you, oh, are you, no. Wait, so, saying, sorry. Do you wait, not wait, wait. like this episode? I say, oh, are you saying because you like this episode or because you like the fact that Adric's not here anymore? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, let's put not just one, but a million voodoo doll pins in Adric and talk about him because I do have opinions. But like, first and foremost, because I really like this episode. I think it's a great episode or serial. Tag nabbit seven years. I'm still making this mistake. Great serial. <laughs> Uh, and I would a hundred percent agree. <laughs> nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, what a tease. <laughs> what a tease. Shall we hold that teasing, stretch it out a little bit further? And yeah, yeah. Let's edge podcast side, a little bit. Sideways, we? go at this and uh, go to a pisco. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> yeah, let's. <laughs> Time for us to synopsize, lebify and summarize. So take a view and grab a brief and listen to this overview. This free for all. We like to call a bite-sized chunk of who. Bite-sized chunk of who? Earth, the future, soldiers, caves. Normally, you'd only get to pick two of these to make a Doctor Who serial, but we're being treated with all four of them right from the start. The hullabaloo this time is that a group of paleontologists and geologists have been murder-killed while poking about underground. The one survivor leads a troop of soldiers back into the caves to find out what happened and hopefully rescue anyone else who managed to escape being slaughtered. Meanwhile in the TARDIS, Adric's off to a great start and is successfully making everyone wish he was dead by being even more of an annoying brat than usual. Doc can't take it anymore, so lands the TARDIS on Earth in some coincidental caves, of course, and has to go for a walk to calm himself down. We get a wholly unrelated lesson about the untimely demise of the dinosaurs, which surely the serial title bears no relevance, when Kablamo 
for you, the killer androids who have been waiting stage left to come and turn everyone to goop. They're just the puppets, though. The real shit's going to hit the fan when their Cybermen masters step out of the shadows and unveil their plans to blow up the Earth in order to cancel a conference. Be scout over. Oh, you are welcome. <laughs> Aren't you just? <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. So a lot to unpack there. <laughs> Where would you like to start? There's a very big, obvious elephant in the room with this serial of what needs to be talked about, but I don't want to start there, and I don't know are where you, is a good place to start. <laughs> are you referring to Adric's demise? Yes, exactly. Okay, yeah. Well, let's put a pin in Adric. Let's uh, let's not do the expected thing and start with him. Let's let's leave him until the very end, or until later, anyway. Where else would you like to start? Why don't you hit me with something? I will. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a question for you. I mean, this is a Cyberman serial, yeah? Mm. I would argue a, a good Cyberman serial. Mm-hmm. Have I got the Cyberman plan right? Plan A, put a bomb on Earth, check, and blow up the entire Earth with this one single bomb. Plan B, hijack a space freighter, check, already done that, <laughs> and crash it into the Earth, thus blowing up the Earth, in order to stop a conference. While there are 50,000 of your kin aboard said space freighter. Mm, Yes. So, uh, basically, plan A, sacrifice two androids. (laughs) Plan B, sacrifice 50,000 troops. Well, they do seem to be abandoning ship fairly well. I don't know where they're about in this ship Not 50,000, though. No, not 50,000, that's for sure. Like a couple hundred. Yeah. I mean, it's called Plan B for a reason, I suppose. It wasn't the intended thing. (laughs) (laughs) But they really don't want the humans to sit around a table and go, cyber people bad, okay, let's beat the shit out of them. Okay, so let's return to Plan A in that case. Plan A is the bit that uh, we described in the B-Scow, where we're on Earth, there are lots of, like, soldiery types, Freaking love them, by the way. And they've been called to some caves where paleontologists who have... They're literally just there on a scientific mission. They're looking at fossils, dinosaur fossils. They've been murdered. Presumably, the authorities have decided, oh, just in case, let's send somewhere around 20 fully armed soldiers there just to to be safe. I feel like... Is her name name Berger? I think it is. The scientist that? that escapes... Oh, right, yeah. Maybe it's not Burger. Maybe that's someone else. I think we yeah. should call a Burger. <laughs> <laughs> we should double check that isn't someone else, because always it'd be very confusing. But, okay. Yeah. <laughs> One of them has escaped, and when she's leading them back in the caves, like she's freaked out, and she hears the noise that the android guns, hand pistol, goop makers yeah. make, and sure. associates that with people... I can't remember if it's actually dying, but it's certainly disappearing. Like, I think maybe she did right. see someone die. Yeah, no, that's true. So they, I, I guess that explains why they send in the military. Right? Yeah. It's like she's reported back, oh, yeah, I heard a strange noise. My colleagues have disappeared, possibly turned to goop. Here's my question for you. Okay. Why didn't the Cybermen just send the androids and the Cyberbomb to a different part of the Earth where there were no paleontologists? Well... Presume they were there before the paleontologists turned up? 
Okay, so I'll rephrase. The, the <laughs> Cybermen are okay. able to... They've built a bomb that is roughly the size of a shoebox. It is powerful enough to blow up the entire Earth. It doesn't need to be here. Of all places, it doesn't have to be here. I, I have multiple questions. Question one, why not just detonate it? I mean, that's one question. Yeah, that, that's a, a big question, yeah. Okay, um, <laughs> do you have an answer? <laughs> No, the the whole countdown and the signal for the bomb and it being jammed and oh yeah, that was a little bit. I of a weak loved point. that sequence. I, How dare you? I love that sequence. I like the interplay, but then when you put your head to it, it's like, why can't they just go bomb explode now? <laughs> exactly. Press this button. Okay, fine. Let's say the doctor has disabled it, diffused the bomb. By the way, the bomb is still there. Like I feel unsafe right now. <laughs> What is preventing the Cybermen from just going, I mean, we very nearly succeeded. Why don't we put a, a second bomb somewhere else? Wait, hang on. Here's a suggestion. Why don't we put a second bomb in the same place? <laughs> They'll never suspect it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I guess that there is a bit of a time-critical nature, which is why they go to Plan B. I, I, I feel like the bigger question is maybe if they have 50,000 troops or whatever it is, already kind of in a freighter they've obviously planned mm -hmm. a lot of this in advance they've and they've got a bomb on earth already they've managed to get a bomb on earth with some yeah. androids to guard it why not send two bombs you know a backup bomb this is my point <laughs> yeah. i mean it, it's not just that the the one and only bomb that they place on earth with androids who by the way are more powerful than the cybermen themselves <laughs> it does seem so <laughs> <laughs> and look more badass. This bomb is behind a metal door. So they've gone in, they've cut a hole, a rectangular hole in the cave wall. They have, like, a Cyberman, two Cybermen had to come down, one to hold up the metal, like, <laughs> lid, and the other one to bolt it into the wall. No, so it's got to be a third to manage the whole process as well. Oh, that's right. No, you're right. So there's a, you're absolutely right. There's a third Cyberman, like, out back going, Glenn, a little higher on, the, on your left. No, your other left. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why go to that trouble? If you've got a bomb, you've taken it down to the earth, you've won. D detonate it. Yeah. I don't have a good argument for this, I'm afraid. But it's making me realize how much I enjoyed this serial because at the back of my head, it's just screaming, don't care, don't care, don't care. Don't care, don't care, don't care. <laughs> exactly. Don't care. I think, is it is this going to be like that one serial, the first serial, where both of us start at roughly a 5.0 and we try to <laughs> talk each other I mean, and ourselves down? That was going to be, it was my opening thought and I never actually voiced it, but it was like, dude, you're going to have to talk me down. <laughs> yeah, this is a perfect serial. <laughs> it's, it's, it is bad. It's got Cyberman. It's got I excitement. It's got action. It's got an old lady captain. A killer soundtrack that the director apparently hated. The exodus of a, a companion we've hated for several serials. It's got serious death as well. Like people turn Holy to goop. Smokes. People, people shot in front of you. Dead bodies. Yeah, yeah it's super dark and humans are turned up. into soup, and then like robots are getting just blasted in the face. Like Doc himself, John Wick's one of those robots at close range. Smoke pluming from the hole that used to be his head. Great yeah, they, stuff. They, the budget and care for explosions in this serial was magnificent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I second that. Like, 
quality obviously was amazing but also different scales like tiny explosions on yeah like chests and face props and stuff yes, you know yes exactly but then massive explosions for doors and shit <laughs> yeah and really cool like cool props cool sets cool effects oof oof maloof so an explanation for for plan a that's why <laughs> okay fair enough <laughs> <laughs> a million percent on board. So, <laughs> so since we're at the start and we are also talking about production value, how did you feel about the soldiers' uniforms? Like the, the their armor? I loved them. I also felt like the helmets were very reminiscent of the ones we saw in Fort of Doomsday, I think it was. Mm. Which we also likened to Battlestar Galactica helmets. Yeah. Oh, um, yes, you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because these ones were painted black, they also made me think of, I forget what he's called, like Hudson 12 or something, a robot that comes to replace Crichton in Red Dwarf, who is like an upgraded model of Crichton, who is basically a lavatory toilet cleaning bot. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and this guy turns up who's like, he is all in black and has that, basically a helmet that looks just like that that black helmet they're wearing. And he's like super hard, hardcore with a shotgun and shit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> Poor Crichton. Yeah. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. But yeah, the the look of those soldiers, I loved. Yeah. Yeah. They, Proper they futuristic like... without being stupid. Yeah, exactly. They, they were sort of like slightly less glamorous versions of Captain Power. <laughs> I like that the name badge was never on the same side for anyone. Like they would just switch. Some people had it on the left. Some people had it on the right. Some people a little bit higher up. Some people a little lower. I like that when you gloopify someone, everything gets glooped except for that name badge. Why not make the whole uniform out of name badges? <laughs> yeah, Your peers just, will be safe. <laughs> it's a really expensive material but they want the bodies to be identified so they sacrifice the That's expense for that three centimeters of um absolutely i don't know unobtainium <laughs> <laughs> all in the service of streamlining bureaucracy <laughs> uh, what's his face is his name scott mustache a mustache guy the lead guy yeah scott yeah. i think is right who was a total badass i had i had half a mind to shave my beard and just keep the mustache after i watched this episode I was like that <laughs> no I, I i can dig it that's a pretty good look he had some sort of bum meter like he had a thing with a, an output like a, a reader on his bum and it had a, a like a cable that stretched into his thigh so i can only imagine that his bum was keeping track of how many steps he was taking or something like that <laughs> but <laughs> i thought that was a nice touch the, yeah the lovely scanner they had at the start as well the, that was amazing uh, was he called marshall i think uh, spent and the whole setup of that crew as well like the fact that there were so many women in in the group, yeah, they had this, yeah, this scanning equipment, and someone stays out to kind of advise, and they're always on. There's a lot of radio communication. It felt like a more cohesive unit that had been working together than we get a lot of the time in these classic serials. Yeah, that's a that's a very good point. You're right. Usually we would just get like uh, everyone else is exactly the same, and no one seems to really know what they're doing. Like, uh, yeah, it's just exactly. uh, send ten people in that direction. Doesn't matter which ten. Send ten people there. Here, everyone has a, a a role, and we even get we get introduced to characters that you know don't last very long. Like yeah, I think the first I know. the first one that Scott is talking to, I think outside of the, the the scanner guy, he talks to a lot when they're outside the caves. But also, there's one other woman he talks to a lot, and I think she, I think she's one of the ones that dies fairly early on. And it's like, yeah, they're not afraid to throw a name out there, get get some spoken dialogue out, and then just yeah. kill them. <laughs> Blow them away. Yeah, you're absolutely right. 
Yeah. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, I mean, on the subject of production value, we do get tons and tons of sets. But in that intro, we are not... Okay, yeah, sorry, there are cave sets. But I was going to say, my very first nose and the very first location, quarry! How long has it been since we were in a quarry with Classic Who? It seems a while, yeah. Right? Too long, I think. I can't I can't think. Of, I, I, we have been in a cave fairly recently, because that's where we met Adric. Well, not where we met him, but... Yeah, the Lost Boys. Was hanging around in the cave, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Maybe continuing the topic of ancillary characters, and, and I mean, you mentioned we get a lot of uh, female characters in the beginning. I would say overall in this episode, we get a lot of female characters. A, a, a lot of women in very prominent, very important, gung-ho roles. Mm. More so than we've had in a while. Well done, BBC! Uh, teeny tiny steps in the right direction. In When we get to the freighter, both the captain and the first officer, both of them are women. Not only that they're women, they're older women. Well, the, the yeah, the, <laughs> the, the, the captain certainly... Uh, apologies, <laughs> ladies. There's a, no, there's I, a bit I, of trivia. Yeah. Sorry, I, I, I don't mean that as an offensive thing. I mean that as an incredible thing. Like, there's obviously been a massive issue historically of older female actresses not, not getting work, you know, and to see this in 1982, I think it is, you know, it's like, and it's not for comedy, it's not for a reason. Like, it's not no, part these of the are plot. characters with. They're just, yeah, they happen to be established captains and a, a captain and first officer, you know, been doing a job for a long time, you know. It's yeah, that's absolutely true. Just I natural. mean, the, in. Their age, if if anything, lends them a lot of gravitas and a lot of um, yeah authority. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Th- there's there's a teeny tiny bit of trivia associated with a captain Biggs. Was that her name? And Br- the um, Briggs, I think. Briggs, apologies. She was. Uh, I'm going to read this straight off uh, Todd's wiki. Captain Briggs. Yes, you're absolutely right. Captain Briggs was written as a Sigourney Weaver type in the script. Uh-huh. Everyone was baffled by John Nathan Turner's decision to cast Beryl Reed. Of course, her name is Beryl. <laughs> it's agreed that Reed did a good job, even though she didn't match the character in the script. I love that she's not a Sigourney Weaver type, like not an, an aliens Sigourney Weaver type, at least. I assume that's what they were probably expecting with the script. I have absolutely no doubt. Yeah. There's another alien reference here, by the way. You know, the um, is it called the Cyberscope? The, the prop that the Cybermen are hovering over where we get that overlaid image of of the doctor oh the, the little red thing in the middle exactly like the, yeah. the the machine itself the prop itself which basically basically looks like a smaller version of the tardis console yeah. i think so that was a reused prop from alien that was a part of the nostromo in alien no way <laughs> yeah and apparently i i, I now kind of want to go back and, and see this live i really want to go back and watch alien actually but apparently you can see the same reader that numerical output in alien as well that you see in this serial oh, right so that's pretty cool that is but cool. yeah, anyway, Captain Briggs, holy smokes, she was awesome. Yeah, while, while we're on the, the subject of the, the captain and the first officer, must offer a correction at this point for po- apologies for the podcasters listening to this and screaming, of course that wasn't Berg, Berger, Berger's the first officer. Ah, uh, that's, so what was the name of the uh, scientist? So the scientist, I believe, is Kyle. So it's, Kyle. it's Scott and Kyle that you see um, together a lot. Okay, cool. Yeah, all right. Rad. Rad bananas. Yeah, the, the first officer, not as prominent, but I think, I think she did a good job as well. Yeah, played, I, th- played I by... think pretty much everyone did a good job. Yeah, uh, yeah. That was played by June Bland, who, who does not have a lot of acting credits to her name, actually. Unfortunate. I think what it was is she probably, she probably just packed it in in middle age and 
maybe had done enough because she was in the newcomers which i have heard of i have no idea what the hell it is really from the 60s and she was in 207 episodes of that <laughs> oh holy smokes yeah yeah oh sweet christmas that that's a career that that is a career <laughs> how do you feel about the new cyberman sorry this is a bit of a jump but how do you feel about them to be honest i struggle to remember what things used to look like but i did really like these I, I think probably for the first time we get to see a human mouth. Mm. Which it, I did take a while to kind of get used to it. And I was, I kept kind of questioning, is this bad? Does this look stupid? But I came, kept coming back to, no, I really like it. I think it's quite cool. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I I think I probably prefer them with just the little slit for a mouth that is more like a speaker than, you know, a, a metal mask that they're wearing on top of a human or humanoid body. But the mm. thing that sprung to mind for me was the lone Cyberman, you know, in the 13th Doctor episodes, yeah, where part of the Cyberman mask is gone and you can see the human, at least the lower jaw, I'm struggling to remember exactly what the lone Cyberman looked like, but you can see part of a humanoid face behind that mask yeah definitely i can see the uh yeah the link you made and i I think i i mostly kind of settled on it being a a nice effect because like you had the whole kind of perspex thing in front front of the mouth as well it wasn't just like yeah it was really obviously a human mouth with a big mask on it the 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 mouth was set back a bit and you could basically only really see the lower jaw kind of moving the rest of the head prop didn't move around it didn't feel like a mask to me. It felt more like there's just a mouth inside that thing. Like, I don't know. It kind of yeah. worked. Yeah, sure. I'm on board for that. <laughs> like I said, I preferred not to be there. But but no, I'm, I'm on board. It, they were personality-wise a little different, though, I thought. And this is perhaps a negative in my book. I thought that they were quite emotional. They're angry. They're annoyed. They're certainly vindictive. I'm sure we must have complained about this previously on Do- on Who Back When as well. You know, the second that they identify the Doctor, they're like, "Oh, screw that guy! We're gonna we're gonna teach that dude a lesson." I no, think, why don't you just delete I really it? Loved it. Oh. I really loved it though. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm on record, like dissing a lot of Cyberman serials, New Who and Classic, because yeah. I think they get a raw deal in a lot of episodes and serials. Sometimes they can just fall into being, yeah, mindless robots. They don't have a lot of drive. Other times, yeah, there's a weird thing like, are they human? Are they not? You know, are they just machines? Are they not? And this, I think to me, just kind of sat nicely in the middle where the cyber leader in particular, especially towards the end, was just such a sadistic bastard. Like, <laughs> like not not necessarily being like joyful about stuff, but definitely having a satisfaction in causing suffering and studying humans as they're shitting their pants, you know? <laughs> That, yeah, I'm on board for that shit. Like, I like a good villain, and this was this was a better villain than the Cybermen often are. I would agree. It's also so incredibly graphic and gruesome when they are defeated. I mean, it is mm. that same cyber leader, right, who gets stabbed in the chest with um, Adric's gold star of mathematical excellence or whatever it is. I mean, stabbed is a maybe a little bit generous. It's more kind of like, uh, I'm smushing this chocolate in your <laughs> I'm face. Sm- <laughs> I'm smushing solid metal <laughs> into some sort of grating. <laughs> But that is him, and he is like seriously suffering when that's happening. 
and we get to see a Cyberman just lumber or limp rather through the entire, like across the entire space freighter to the same cockpit or bridge. Yeah. And the screams when they get, oh, yeah, oh, sweet buttery Moses. That is some violent shit. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> How about well we talked we talked about the soldiers briefly. How yeah. about Tegan basically becoming a soldier? Yeah, that's pretty badass. What about it stood out for you? How badass it was. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I liked how much she wanted to be a part of I, I can't remember what yeah, I think at the point it was a rescue. Like the, you know, the Doc and is it Doc and Adric? Doc and Adric are still, yeah, unaccounted for. Their, I think I think they didn't really know where they were. They'd been taken by the Cybermen. Yeah. And so, yeah, everyone's going off to hunt them down. Nissa decides to stay behind. We have to put a pin in how Nissa is treated in this. But Yeah, very good point. Let's definitely discuss her separately. Yeah, Tegan yeah. definitely you know, doesn't shy to to jump in and put on some overalls, grab a gun. I was going to say, there's the like, oh, but are you really going to go to war wearing that? It's like, well, fuck you then. Give me your overalls. <laughs> <laughs> But also, like when she she runs into the fray, grabs a cyber rifle, oh, yeah. blasts like just straight up Steven Seagal. No, she doesn't. Steven. She like straight up Sylvester Stallone's a Cyberman right in the face, <laughs> yeah. like standing over him, John Wick style, cablamo. And then her only lamentation is that the uh, the other Cyberman got away. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, Tegan, hats off. As usual, I'm not wearing a hat. Imagine I'm wearing a hat. Hats off. <laughs> uh, well done, Tegan. Seeing her in a very different light, by the way. Yeah. And I think I think it's such an interesting thing as well, because a lot of the time we will talk about how the Doctor is not a pacifist, but, you know, tries to avoid violence and conflict. You know, we, we generally don't see the Doctor wielding a weapon. Oftentimes is discouraging his companions from being violent in the same way but more often than not the companions end up being violent and that we'd be missing that with this current group and it it didn't seem like that would be on the radar it wasn't on my radar but you know suddenly tegan's gonna grab a gun and start shooting things i've kind of found doc it surprising as well right no true Actually, yeah doc shoots the cyber leader three times i think in the yeah. chest <laughs> like point blank in the chest yeah <laughs> you're going this down it, motherfucker it, exactly first smushes the one his like kryptonite into his chest cyber leader goes ah fuck what are you doing man that really hurts not done yet <laughs> damn straight <laughs> cold <laughs> does he shoot him with someone else's gun no absolutely not because that wouldn't be demeaning enough he takes the cyber leader's gun and blasts him to shit <laughs> That's right, kids of 1982, this is your hero and role model. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I, it, I feel like I just it, cut you off there. But it is weird, though, that I, I'm struggling to like hold the negative, hold the, no, this shouldn't be a violent show. This you know, should be a thing where you can talk your way out of situations. But hey, when it's this good, how, how can you keep hold of that view? <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> okay, so we've already started with Tegan. Do you want to progress to Nyssa and then maybe, maybe we do Adric before we talk about the rest of the serial? Okay, yeah, we can do that because I think Nyssa's going to be quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, come on, Nyssa me. Poor Nyssa got 
shat all over again in this script barely did anything yeah she's is she even really in this she does a little bit of maths in the in the tardis i mean yeah her time spent out of tardis must be just in the cave briefly i think that's true yeah yeah yeah. i think that's right she's there just to teach us about dinosaurs or rather to ask questions about dinosaurs that then allow the doctor to teach us about dinosaurs yeah what does she do in the TARDIS? I kind of forget. I mean, basically monitors stuff and tells people not to go out of the TARDIS because there's the electromagnetic field and then goes, ah, ah it's safe to go out of the TARDIS now, <laughs> but I'm going to stay Wait, she here. Did... Doesn't she do something else? Does she not like help? Well, she tries at least to dampen the effect of some sort of electromagnetism or maybe she's trying to block a signal, something like that while she's in the TARDIS. I feel like there's a bit where I'm sure I must have put this in my notes where uh, Doc and Adric are on one side and they're trying to do whatever. Like, Doc and Adric have a lot of scenes together. We'll get to Adric. Yeah. Whatever it is that they're trying to do. Yeah, I think Doc starts the TARDIS, like, puts the jam in place from the TARDIS that's blocking the, the bomb signal. Right. While he And then he goes to try and disable the bomb. But then the, the Cybermen boost the signal and Nissa boosts the jamming that's what signal. It is. Yes, you're right. That's exactly what it is. So she does. She does have a, a, an effect because I think without doing that, the bomb would have exploded before the doc got to cut the red wire. Sure, uh, yeah. Which is basically take a laser cutter to it and just hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's Nissa. We've done Tegan. We've done Nissa. Do you, do you want to do Adric or Doc? Let's do. <laughs> Let's do Doc. <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. I knew it. Okay. <laughs> Mostly because it might segue us nicely into Adric. And I'm also intrigued what I think about the Doc because I haven't formed an opinion yet. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Well, let's ransack the penumbra of your cerebral cortex. <laughs> Talk to me off the top of your head about the Doc. Go. <laughs> Mostly, I think I, I did enjoy him and this one. His his reactions to things, I think, were more believable. I liked that he just kind of like couldn't put up with Adric at the start of it. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> oh, fuck you, I have to go for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like his level of emotion and outrage and, and what have you was, I guess, more human than it, it has been. It kind of felt that way anyway. But... Possibly a little childish in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, Adric accuses him of being immature, and I, I kind of felt like Adric was just being a really cheeky bastard at that, that sense. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I felt like this was just Doc having his his having his limits tested and just finally going, no, fuck you, Adric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I, I was going to say that right after the Adric line of oh, uh, this regeneration of the Doctor, or since his regeneration, the Doctor has been decidedly more immature, decidedly more childish, whatever it is he says. There's just one single line delivery of the Doctor's that is meant to seem childish, I think. That was my take anyway. He storms out of the TARDIS just in, a, in an adolescent huff. You know, he's just like, oh, I can't deal with this child anymore. And then he just huffs and puffs and leaves the TARDIS. But then after that, he's a total badass. So I, I wonder if maybe there's a little bit of incongruency in, in terms of how he's been written in just that one particular scene. But in general, is this the, oh man, dude, dude, bro, is this the best Davison we've had so far? I mean, I would hands down say that's the case. Yeah. Right? Yes. Oh, yeah. thank you. Okay, good. Here's my friend who agrees with me. <laughs> I think the the only negative 
which I can't decide if it's much of a problem or not, and it's nothing to do with Davison, definitely, it's to do with the script, is yeah. it felt like there were certain situations where the doc, like a different doctor, a different script for a different doctor, New Who or Classic, would have the doctor spending more time trying to talk his way out of a situation, yeah. not giving up, like just doing something. And it felt like there were moments where this fifth doctor was just unable to do anything. And that okay. was quite undoctor like I thought. So two points that I would like you to address in that case. One, can you give give us some examples? I say us as in podcast land and me, because I'm struggling to think of any such examples at the moment. And two, you'll recall in the last one that we did, whatever it was called, Bla- no, not Black Orchid. No, it was the one before that, The Visitation. Wait, shit. No, it wasn't Black Orchid. He's accused of murder and he just gives up straight away he doesn't talk his way out of it yeah yeah so is in your opinion this perhaps just a trait of this doctor's i mean i guess it's looking that way which i'm not really a fan of that's for sure yeah i think the example would be so when adric gets left behind on the freighter so as him the captain and the first officer are left there i think I think all the soldiers are still on board as well. But the, the point is that they're on the bridge and there are some Cybermen guarding them, just trying to stop them fiddling with stuff. But the first thing we see after that um, situation being set up is Adric trying to work out how to get out of that situation. And we see a Cyberman patrolling past and he's not afraid to basically go, how do I get out of this situation? We got, we've got to come up with something. And either b- before or just after that, we've had a scene in the TARDIS and it's basically the same setup. Doc, Tegan and Nyssa are being held captive in the TARDIS by a couple of Cybermen and Doc has basically given up already. Like he's saying, there's nothing we can do. I think he might even, like, I think when they, they learn, like Tegan and Nyssa, no, Nyssa learns that Adric is still on the freighter. She's like, well, we've got to do something to help. What can we do? And Doc just says, right now, nothing. And that's it. Yeah end of conversation and it's, it's not even yeah. a kind of like a moment of just like don't worry i've got a plan or you know i'm i'll have a plan or you know something like you would see that from so many other doctors i mean thinking back to just tom baker only in our minds a few serials ago but obviously in real real For the times viewers, it was, yeah, yeah like a, a year couple of months or so. ago i don't know yeah at least <laughs> no you're right yeah um, did you just say this? I mean, we, we get a similar situation when he just leaves Adric behind. That, that, like the first Adric farewell, the first of several farewells to Adric in the serial, where they, they shake hands and everything. Mm. And he's like, yeah, best of luck to you, Adric. You know, good luck, safe travels, whatever. And then he just fucks off. And like, what? <laughs> yeah. Because that's the thing. Like, Ad- Adric is... I mean, we we will come to it. Maybe maybe this is a segue. Maybe it's not. I don't. Know. We will come oh, to Adric. Oh no! Is this it? <laughs> but like in that scene, he's the one that's like, "Don't worry, I'll see you soon. I'll get myself yeah. out of this." And Doc yeah. is just like, "Bye, Adric." Then it was nice knowing you. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I guess we have no choice. These dudes have really big guns. Yeah. I'm gonna leave you here. Yeah. Which I think was a shame. I because I, I do agree. I think this is the best we've seen of Davidson's Doctor. And in yeah. other situations, he was a he, he was a joy to watch. I think throughout. I think his performance was really good. But like the the character of his Doctor was a joy to watch in other scenes. But yeah, a, a couple of times it's just like, no, Doc, why are you giving up? Why? Are you, like, do you have a plan? You're not you're not showing us that you've got a plan. Like, where's yeah. the commanding I mean, nature? 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, I mean, okay, so compare this to Davison in the last serial in two regards. One, also not a plan. No exit strategy. No, you know, I can talk my way out of this. I'll show you a cool yo-yo trick or whatever. Or all it was was just uh, swing by the train station. I'll show you my time machine. That'll <laughs> yeah. be enough. Yeah. But also that was the serial in which he was really quite silly and he played cricket and he was, you know, a joyful, happy-go-lucky fly-by-night. Here, he he is he, he's like massively damaged in a sort of wartime PTSD sense. He's action-packed. He's leaving friends behind. He's although at the end, in his defense or in in fairness, he seems almost flummoxed by the fact that this companion, whom he has actively left behind, has now died. Yeah. Regardless, I guess the the point that I'm trying to make is that these are two very different and distinct iterations of the same Doctor. Like one is a comedic Doctor, the other one a very serious, very adult, and at least in one scene, very sad Doctor. Yeah, and I, I think I preferred this one. That's for sure. Me too. Yeah. Oh, hands down. Yeah. Like, and and I I do love a silly Doctor, which is um, but but maybe that's not what this Doctor should be. This Doctor is better at being the serious. Maybe even sad doctor. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, it was just that. And the other big niggle, which I'm, I'm having to kind of like put a little box around and just say, no, it, it's fine. Like you can't change this. They've had to do this. Whatever. Um, okay. Is the the moment that they're watching the ship crash into the earth? They're watching Adric die. You know. Yeah. And the TARDIS is out of action the console's been damaged but my my little brain at least was just going it's a time machine it's a time machine <laughs> go back <laughs> yeah like the only Pick reason they're not going to get him now like if they could physically go and get him now they would have done so why yeah. not just like turn the monitor off don't watch it just go okay let's repair the tardis and then we'll go back an hour we'll grab adric and then we'll let everything else play out you know i know they can't do it because this is adric's farewell but it was just yeah a little bit of a moment i have to just kind of put a blind spot on <laughs> uh, yeah there's um hang on, I'm, I'm gonna find it in tv doctor who Adric does die here, but here we go. So um, this is also from Todd's Wikia. This is not in the trivia section. I found this elsewhere. While there is no doubt that JNT and his team absolutely intended Adric's unambiguous death, the ending of the story has been materially changed by big finishes the boy that time forgot, during which it was revealed that Adric did not die, but went on to live in a bubble universe the Fifth Doctor accidentally created before finally crossing back into the normal universe in Victorian London. So in the universe, this dude does survive somehow. But yeah, I, I mean, I take your meaning, yes, they're in a time machine. I feel like this is an argument that we have made in almost every single serial. Like, yeah, but I mean, whenever you say, oh, damn it, we were too late. No, you weren't. <laughs> or yeah. uh, oh there's not enough time yes there is <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but it's fine yeah i'm i can put a blinker you, you're quite right it's it's something you just have to quite frequently put aside for doctor who like, yeah time travel stuff is hard you can't have a, yeah. have a show that continually has access to time travel and expect them not to do silly things occasionally. Yeah. You know what else is really hard? My wiener for this episode, because <laughs> I love this serial. <laughs> I, I hope everyone else out there in podcast land knew exactly where that was going, because I for sure did. <laughs>
perhaps as yet another, you know, uh, yet an additional segue from Doc to Adric. Doc spends a lot of time with Adric in this serial. They defuse the bomb together. Mm -hmm. They are working on the bridge together, fight Cybermen together. They have their like little tiff in the beginning, but then they also make up and they become friends towards the end. And there are a couple of like really quite amicable, quite pleasant scenes with the two of them on screen and no one else. And I hate to say this, but A, Doc was fantastic in those scenes in the sense that he really seemed like he enjoyed Adric's company. (laughs) I'm not sure we've seen that before. And B, I'm saying it on the record, I liked Adric in this one. Like it took until the very last serial, but I, I really feel like they finally got him right. I think I think it was an incredible serial in the sense that I mean I fucking hated him in the first episode, but by the end of it, <laughs> I was I was genuinely sad. Like I didn't quite shed a tear or anything, but yeah, you know that was that was an emotional and strong farewell for this character. Yeah, I mean it definitely it's obviously upping the stakes because he was killed off compared to at least uh, all the previous companions I've seen. I believe you've referenced some older ones that did die, but it, you know it's not a frequent occurrence for a companion definitely certainly not even taking that into account i think it was still a sort i mean i don't know about you but i definitely got the impression this entire serial is written to send off adric like the whole fact that he's antagonizing the doctor at the start and then they yeah. have so much time together yeah there, and then, there are go for it sorry I was, I, I was just gonna say like and then you compare that to say like Sarah Jane's exit or, you know, any of the other companion exits where it just felt tacked on to an otherwise unrelated serial. You know, it was it was really good from that point of view. It was a proper sender. Yeah, definitely. You're absolutely right that this is hinted at from the beginning. And I I wonder if this is a segue to Jim Cakes. This is a segment about the (laughs) the BBC writers putting in a whole bunch of foreshadowing. There's a lot of stuff that is foreshadowed in the very, very beginning of of episode one of this four-part serial. And among those things, we have Adric. He wants to go home. He wants to leave the team. When he's, I can't remember the actual phrasing, but like the, the doctor basically goes, don't work on this. Don't don't figure out um, an equation. Like you're not going to figure out an equation to get you back into eSpace. This is you plotting. Uh, this isn't off the top of my head, by the way. This is from somewhere in the trivia that I read that like he's plotting a course to his own demise or his own, uh, or whatever it is. Like he basically says, if you, if you want to leave the TARDIS, by this these means you are going to die (laughs) yeah it it seems pretty clear how do you feel about the other ones because here are a couple that just right off the top of my head are massively foreshadowed in this serial part one it's called earth shock part two (laughs) (laughs) we learn about dinosaurs and how the dinosaurs died for absolutely no reason whatsoever (laughs) Mm. Oh, I wonder what this is going to be. Oh, something killed them. Might have been an asteroid, but it might have been something else. I wanted, I always wanted to go back in time and learn what it was. Yeah. To be honest, the title, I didn't pay a lot of attention to. I think we were on Earth, you know, shock could mean multiple things. It could be a revelation. It could be a natural, you know, earthquake type thing, an explosion. We see the bomb fairly early on. You know, it was just like, okay, whatever. The dinosaur thing. I was incredibly dumb about. <laughs> I didn't didn't see it. Wait, com- when the doctor says sixty five million years ago something hit the Earth, someone goes, oh, "It might have been an asteroid." He says, "Might have been an asteroid, but I don't know exactly what it was. Something might have been an asteroid. Something hit the Earth." 
Yeah. I, I was I was just like, why the hell are we getting this thing about dinosaurs? Like, this just seems totally irrelevant. Like, this is really weird for these people to be talking about. <laughs> I didn't didn't twig in the slightest until right at the end when the ship goes back in time and it's actually said they're 65 million years in the past. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I think this must have been hinted at twice, in fact, because in my notes, I find this in two different stages. The first one being, I think, when they start talking about dinosaurs dying. I've just written, oh, we're going to get a new theory about the extinction of the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And then later on, I've quoted them as saying, oh, could have been an asteroid, I don't know, end quote. And I've just added, yeah, I wonder. Um <laughs> there's another thing which is also hinted at but i i wonder where this is i think this is in part two um i'm gonna find it yes it is in part two here's another bit of foreshadowing you could hide an army down here and no one would find it (laughs) yeah i wonder what's gonna happen next has someone hidden an army here on this space radar? Yeah, yeah, someone has. <laughs> I didn't spot that line. <laughs> Dude! <laughs> I was just enjoying it too much. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Plus, actually, I, I definitely felt like I had to pause this a lot to write notes because a lot was happening and you know there's a so lot much, of right? dialogue yes. as well like not in the like there's too much like i think if i was just sat watching this not with like a reviewer cap on i wouldn't have been overwhelmed or anything but yeah trying trying to make notes i was just like wait 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 no no pause uh have to make notes about the last three minutes <laughs> <laughs> Because I've written nothing. <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find Eric's uh, award. We looked at a serial written by him recently because we were schooled by. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. I can't remember someone in podcast lands. I can't remember who it was. Now we were schooled on how to pronounce it, and I'm also terribly sorry because I've also since forgotten how to pronounce it. But it, let's see what what he wrote. What Eric wrote. He wrote the visitation, Earthshock. Oh, that's it then. <laughs> he, he also <laughs> continued and wrote the resurrection of the Daleks and revelation of the Daleks, whenever that is. Let's find out. Let's find out. Boom. Fifth Doctor. Score bananas. Looking forward to that. In fact, the image on TARDIS Wikia for resurrection of the Daleks is just the Fifth Doctor pointing what looks like a shotgun at... So I don't want to spoil it at uh, a bad guy. Um, (laughs) This dude also wrote Slipback, a radio play, two short stories, and one, two, three, four, five, six Doctor Who novels. Nice. Eric Sword. Sword. Was it Starboard? No, it was (laughs) Sword. That's really bad. (laughs) That's really, really terrible, wasn't it? Um, it sounds more like it's a really bad name for a tree cutting organization's award. It's like we're going to give you the saw award. So award. The saw award. The saw award. Saw award. The golden saw award. That's interesting, actually. The couple of ones that are coming up that he's been yeah. credited for. He's obviously been left in charge of like really high-profile properties. You know, this right. is the first Cybers Cyberman. Yeah, so first Cyberman we've had for a long time. And the trivia I've I've just read about this is that uh, Nathan Turner kind of saw the interest that this serial got, and they they apparently hid the fact that Cybermen were in it 
and like turned down some like uh, high profile stuff with the Radio Times beforehand to keep it a secret. Oh right, yeah, yeah. And that was such a success that it made him think about bringing back the Daleks. I think he was apparently on on record about being a bit you know worried about bringing back past foes. Oh and, right, okay. And this kind of opened the gates. And then I guess maybe it's because this script was so good that saw reward, <laughs> Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just call him Grammy. (laughs) Grammy. (laughs) (laughs) Grammy. (laughs) Or Oscar. That might be easier, actually. (laughs) What did I go for fucking Grammy? (laughs) So dumb. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, holy smokes. Visitation. Loved it. Loved it. Wait, hang on. What do we give Visitation? I'm sorry. I, I need to. I need to. I've already forgotten what we gave it. Visitation. Oh, sorry. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it 4.4. You gave it 2.3. Stingy it? bastard. That was a fantastic okay. serial. <laughs> oh, shit. I've forgotten to add the listener minis to that episode. I, I will. Podcast land. I will. I, I promise. I, I apologize. I also, I'm also very sorry for just having called you a stingy bastard. I was thinking <laughs> that That's still, it, it, it was still a complex serial, right? Even if you didn't like it, you must admit that was a complex serial. There was a lot going on. And Doc certainly was good in it. Like the TARDIS team was good in it, right? Yeah. No, that's fair, actually. And I had to remind myself what which serial that was, actually. But it's another thing where Doc is placed at a key historic event. In fact, he causes... Boom! Yes! A key historic event. Oh my god, you're so right! Wait, maybe, so... Maybe that's a recurring thing as well, with these... Uh... Novels from Eric Oscar. Holy shit, snacks! That does that mean that according to <laughs> Oscar Grammy, the Doctor is responsible for the creation of mankind? I mean, yeah, I guess in some way. Yeah. Slash, he is the horrible genocidal prick who murders millions of dinosaurs. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's more dinocide. <laughs> That's, that should have been the name of the serial. <laughs> C-122, Dinocide. <laughs> I guess it's not really... This is not direct action from the Doc. I mean, it's even almost inaction from a Doc is, is making this happen. What would happen if Doc wasn't there? I mean, why doesn't this... I guess because Adric is there, there, and Adric, then... Adric would only be there because the Doc's there. Yeah. yeah, but if Doc weren't there, then the bomb in the beginning would have detonated. True, yes. Plan A would have worked. Does So does that, I guess what that means is that Doc defusing the bomb was a fixed point in time that had to happen because even if he hadn't done that, the bomb would have not gone off because it would never have been placed there in the first place because had he not been there, the dinosaurs would have ruled the earth and the cybers wouldn't have gone, yeah, well, I guess we got to stop this uh, (laughs) dinosaur conference. That's what Cybermen sound like, by the way. I'm sure everyone will agree. Yeah, Um, totally. There's sort of an an infinite loop of logic here, isn't there? So, in fact, an infinite loop of fixed points in time. He needs to defuse the bomb in order for the cybers to go back in time, in order to kill the dinosaurs, in order for humankind to evolve at some point, in order to then motivate the cybers to put a bomb there in the first place. <laughs> yes. So it's it's like a perfect loop. That's very true. Tag yeah. but this is a perfect serial. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do something I've never done on Who Back When before. I'm going to just stand up for a second and I'm going to thrust myself at the microphone. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Are you ready? (laughs) 
That's what that sounds like. That might disappear when I clean up the audio, but yeah, I mean that was the th- a thrusting sound. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the thwonk of you, you <laughs> not seeing the microphone <laughs> might stay in, <laughs> and I I can attest that really happened. <laughs> it did. It did. <laughs> Why we aren't recording the visuals on this, I don't know. (laughs) If you want, you can take a screenshot. (laughs) I'm just glad you had your trousers on. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So where do we go from here? Like, how can we possibly, if we are constantly escalating, where do we we go? Well, we have to go and talk about Adric, don't we? No, wait, we are talking about Adric. Oh, we are talking about Adric. Yeah, okay. So We're in the middle of talking you, about Adric. You're absolutely right. Holy smokes. The, the guy just snuck up on us. <laughs> How many cereals have we had, Adric, now? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Wow. This is the 11th cereal featuring Adric. It really, you know what? It doesn't feel like 11. No, it, it, it definitely feels like it's been a while. But yeah, 11, I would not have guessed. Like maybe a bit over half that, like maybe seven. I don't know, but yeah, that's 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 a long old uh, run, and yeah, it's about half a year in Who Back When time, isn't it? Quite possibly, yeah. I mean, he's he's had a a, a complicated, let's say, relationship <laughs> with with us, <laughs> with himself, and most of the viewership, with his fellow actors, the scriptwriters, yep. <laughs> yeah. legends of BBC lore, <laughs> yeah. Oscar winners. <laughs> <laughs> Or Oscar nominees, anyway. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it, this was this was an incredible send off. I know, I know, we we we've we have said this, and I don't, I don't want to like retread stuff, but I don't I don't feel like we kind of really got to the the end of what this really means for Adric in this serial because there was so there were so many nice scenes of him and the doc, like the the fact that we start with this bratty Adric who who wants to go home, which you know isn't itself a reasonable thing for him to want it's just and we've seen tegan have that same thing and adric even mentions that as like you know like you've promised to let tegan go home and <laughs> it almost sounds like he's kind of saying you're keeping us all captive you know which is not not it, the case it, you know? it does a little bit but then yeah to go from that like then there's the lovely scene where doc and adric basically make up and yeah i think doc starts it by uh, apologizing and then you know kind of sheepishly asks adric you know do you really want to go home and he's like no of course not you know but now i do have my exit strategy like I, i've proven to you that if i want to i could like, yeah you know, yeah and they seem such they seem like such pals yeah. in that scene they really do there's also i can't remember what it is but there's one scene in th- there's one line delivery when they are on the bridge when they're separated from everyone else and they're on the bridge not like the rest of the TARDIS crew Mm. there's there's one line delivery that uh, of Adric's where he rolls his eyes at something that I something I think a third party says at the doctor and it's just like hey we're peers yeah yeah you know you know like basically the idea of two people never get closer to each other than when they're making fun of a third person yeah and I feel like that happens between Doc and Adric while they're on the bridge Uh, it's it's somehow how suddenly he's he turns into an equal and in fact all of his intelligence also finally comes to bear after however many i've already forgotten was it 11 series yeah. like his his intelligence finally comes to bear he calculates how to get back into e-space i mean he helps defuse the bomb he helps uh, steer the or he tries to steer the 
the spaceship, you know, off course yeah. so it doesn't hit the Earth. He's genuinely clever. Oh, and of course, the gold star. Like, there is a point where he takes off his gold star and he tries to hide it and he fails because it's quite yeah. blatant. But yeah, still, he tries. He, oh, man. Adric, don't leave us. You're great. <laughs> this is... <laughs> In some ways, it was it was quite frustrating. It's like because it has you know it has been eleven serials, you know, which is yeah, I don't know, like forty episodes or something. And it was only maybe five serials ago that we were talking about how they had rewritten him. Like they they were giving him things to do. He was becoming useful. Um, I, well, maybe it was more than five. Like it was it was basically before Davison, just right at the end of Baker's run. You know, they they started forming a connection. Adric started being useful. He gained all this knowledge, which, you know, seemed unjustified, but it's, you know, it's fine. Okay, you've, you've made a better character from it, so fine, whatever. And then yeah. he went back into arsehole territory. <laughs> and now he's right at the end, you know, he's coming up to the surface again and becoming a useful character and someone we enjoy watching and who is fun interacting with the Doctor and has a rapport with the Doctor and, and then gone. <laughs> and it was like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, based on this serial, if, if we were to only watch this serial, would you agree with me? The impression would be like, keep Adric, keep Tegan, further develop her, get rid of Nyssa. She seems like just kind of filler in this episode. She doesn't do all that much. You could probably hand all of her lines to Tegan or hand all of her lines to Adric, quite frankly, because he's the clever one of the two, uh, of the two that remain. It's at odds with all of the prior serials that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that these characters have been in before. Whereas like, oh no, please give Nyssa more space. Give her more airtime. She's such an interesting character. Tegan, holy smokes, you're so annoying. Adric, are you still here? <laughs> we called you a cab seven seasons ago, or seven serials ago. Yeah, no, 100%, I would, I would agree. Oh, holy smokes, going through my notes, I, I realized there's a whole character we haven't talked about. Ringway. Ringway, yes. Ringway, just... <laughs> Ringway. <laughs> Yeah, I just scrubbed through and saw him as well. Like, cause, yeah, he was really enjoyable. I felt like I warmed to him immediately. And then the captain comes along and he like warmed to her and they're like antagonizing each other. And it was just like, exactly. this is really interesting. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is, I guess, a trope in maybe not just Doctor Who, but certainly also in Doctor Who, where the either second or in this case, third in command is bullied to the point of turning into a madman. (laughs) (laughs) Ringway basically does what the, um, I can't remember the name of the character now, but do you remember in Kinder? Oh, I really can't remember the name of the character now. Like the second in command turned into a mad person, like a childish megalomaniac who wanted to blow up the the base and stuff. Like this dude is that dude. This is the third in command, not second in command, the third in command. He is bullied into madness by his superiors because not Sigourney Weaver is quite bullish I mean maybe I don't know I mean I liked the character of Ringway I liked that he turned out to be the Cyberman collaborator and turns on everyone and then ends up getting shot for being a Cyberman collaborator collaborator by by the the Cybermen (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) but I didn't understand why he's shouting his mouth off about everyone going missing like these missing crew members which he knows is because of the Cybermen oh my god you're so right it's like Ringway what are you doing why is no one investigating this thing that I don't want anyone to know about (laughs) 
It's like, I mean, you've got some balls, boy. You're just like, no one's going to take me seriously. No one gives a shit about human life here. I yeah. can just I can just tell them that Dave's just died. And they'll be like, oh, okay, fine. We'll uh, scratch him off the, um, the birthday card list then. <laughs> Slash the list of suspects. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like maybe what he was trying to do was to lead anyone's suspicions on a path around the problem. You know, like, you see that our peers, they have either died, they've disappeared, whatever, that they're, they're no longer to be found. You maybe suspect foul play. I'm going to lead you around them. In fact, I'm going to take you on a <clears throat> ringway. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Holy smokes. How long did I spend, just, like, building that up? <laughs> Worth so it. <laughs> I'd like to think so, but I'm undeniably biased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ringo was quite a character. I did not see it coming, by the way. I did not see him being a traitor. I didn't. No, I didn't really either. I think there was just, it just got to a point where I feel like that we, I don't know, weirdly, I felt like there was a traitor because of the way Ringway was talking about there being a traitor or something like that. And at some point before, just before I think we found out it was him, I was like, well, there's no one else. It's kind of got to be him. And then he like turns up at the bridge with a gun and it's like, oh yeah, okay, it is him. Yeah. I don't really understand why, Boom. but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, sorry, hang on. Wait, did we finish with Adric, by the way? I mean, ish. The only thing extra possibly to bring attention to is the actual end of this serial with all the credits and everything. Yeah, just like such solemn, like no music rever reverence, you know, just you know, a still of his broken badge. <laughs> no music credits <laughs> and credits that roll as well as opposed to just single titles it's like it's very different from a doctor who point of view it looks different to anything else and it sounds different in that it doesn't wait so they don't normally roll i never really no that. normally <laughs> it's I, I didn't know this by the way i i can't profess to be this observant this is from the <laughs> trivia yeah normally you they flash like the titles the the credits one at a time cuts to screen like flashes on screen right. cuts back out next one cuts back out and so on and so forth this time we get them rolling there's a bit of trivia associated with this. Here we go. Uh, JNT, John Nathan Turner, was inspired to have the end credits roll in silence after Adric's death after seeing an episode of Coronation Street, which did the same thing when character Martha Longhurst died without warning in The Rover's Return. Spoilers for Coronation Street, by the way, if anyone <laughs> is roughly 40 years behind. Say, from 40 um, <laughs> Peter Davison thought it was cheesy, it says on Todd's Wikia. Yeah. I mean, I, I was slightly distracted writing some notes and not just sitting there absorbing it, but I didn't feel it was cheesy. I felt that was really impactful. I, I felt like... I agree, yeah. It was a really hard cut from... I mean, no real processing from the TARDIS team. Just basically, Adric's dead. A little bit of grief. Everyone has a reaction. Yeah, uh, like everyone's basically just really sad. Yeah, no, you're so right. You're, that's that's an, an incredibly good point. Normally, an episode will end on like a jovial high five freeze frame, or <laughs> some bullshit joke. Oh, Adric, you pooped in the jam jar again, or <laughs> you know whatever it is. <laughs> You're such a prankster. <laughs> it's a shame your poop's always bloody and it looks like jam. 
God. Yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> freeze frame. No, I'm a hundred percent keeping that. Freeze frame on the doctor, <laughs> like sm- spreading it on a piece of toast and going, like just sort of shrugging, like, no, oh. <laughs> uh, that guy is incorrigible. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's such a good point. It's just like silence. Boom. Cut Tell to me. silent end credits. I mean, it. If anything, it has the strongest parallel in my head to the last episode of Black Eyed Girls Fourth, where they oh, yes. turn a comedy series into, you know, a very poignant, you know, just horror and sadness. Terribly of war tragic. Moment. Yeah, tragedy of war. Yes, exactly. Just, Indictment of war. Yeah. And it's just similar kind of thing. It's just like it is a still frame. It was slowed down and then it then it kinda of like fades fades to a still poppy field and the credits are just rolling over the top. It's just that yeah. similar kind of thing. Oh, shall we maybe um, round off with some uh, production-y stuff before we jump into yeah. thingamabobs and numerical evaluations? So with production levels being super high with this as well, we haven't just got a, a good script and good performances and interesting characters developing all over the screen. Got good production too. What can we draw attention to? I mean, oh, we've got this freighter. With its mix yes. of models and real sets. Yeah. Which I thought was gorgeous. Man. Like little panning shots of a model to get the real sense for how big like the cargo hold or whatever it was. And then a seamless cut to someone in an industrial like complex with loads of like crates and shit like that, you know. <laughs> Yeah, we get that epic staircase that we get to see a, a number of times. Lots of corridors. We get the the bridge of the freighter. Yeah, all those silos that Cybers break out of, and the in a sense reminiscent of Tomb of the Cybermen when they when they're sort of defrosted and they get out of it. Okay, yeah, the the, 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 the way they the were way. F- frozen as well. The the effect of them being in like the the cellophane. Well, I was going to say that's exactly what I was going to talk about. Actually, that that it, it bummed me out that that's not what it looks like in Tomb of the Cybermen. Tomb of the Cybermen is, if you haven't seen the serial, I I swear to God, if you just Google image search Tomb of the Cybermen, you will recognize this. This is like a one of those iconic Cyberman images, very much like the Cybermen outside St Paul's Cathedral in London, for example. Like it's one of those cyber Kodak moments. But I I was going to say it really bummed me out that when they were defrosted here, they were covered in cellophane and they just sort of tear through it because everyone knows that the second you, you know, you open the package they lose value. So (laughs) you always want to keep them in their original packaging. (laughs) Yeah. I don't I kind of like that effect. I thought it was done quite well. No, me too. Who was in charge of packaging them? I don't know. There was also a weird moment where the the cyber leader, I forget if he'd already made it to a TARDIS, but the cyber leader is, is... off with the prisoners and he calls for his number two to come back from their little console room and come and meet Uh him and then it kind of cut to what looked like him freezing himself it kind of looked like the unpacking backwards oh i I missed this i totally missed this maybe i maybe i was just getting confused what was happening but it it kind of oh i'm sure you're right it felt to me that that was a almost like we missed a scene where the consciousness of that cyber unit transferred to a different physical unit that was already near the cyber leader or something like that. I don't know. Maybe I was just making it up. <laughs> Is this when the switch moves on its own accord? Yes, 100%. Because w- it, it, why? <laughs> yeah. I, just... at, at some point, like, I mean, we do get to see them manually flipping the switch and that's what defrosts cybers. But then at some point we just see it, boom 
flip on its own accord. No one touches it. Why is that? Yeah, I don't know. It, it definitely felt like uh, someone's turning over a couple of pages at once moment of, of the switch flipping and then this Cyberman <laughs> freezing. Yeah, exactly. Well, looking like freezing. It was, it was like, yeah, he stepped into the, I mean, another another reference to Carbonite. <laughs> like stepped into the carbonite freeze and then force flicked the switch to freeze himself or something I don't yes exa- <laughs> exactly yeah that's that's in fact that's probably what happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't i didn't understand it I, I, if they had said the second in command was a particular level of kind of cyber unit as well like the cyber leader had the black bits and yeah. was obviously a different cyber i think the cyber thing. leader is always sorry i was gonna say it always has a black uniform but that's not true like it, there are always black details i think to the cyber leader or maybe i'm mixing cyber leaders and cyber commanders like the the, the cyber man in charge i think always has black details to the helmet mm, but I, I, think, I think even in new who even in new who i think that's the case i was i was just missing something that made this second in command the second in command i guess like there was no logical reason why it was placed above the other cyber units like it, yeah from, from what we know about oh. cy- cybermen they're meant to be a bit more connected and you know one cyber person is just a small part of the bigger race and yeah yeah i mean th- this is a super interesting philosophical debate quite frankly uh, because they're like the borg aren't they i mean they're tied into a collective mm. they're all basically the same so why would any one of them be superior to any other same goes for the daleks by the way you also have the daleks supreme or whatever but for some reason they just decide no we need one that has extra processing power and they make one with extra processing power which begs the question if you can make one with more processing power why don't all of you have more processing power (laughs) but i don't know maybe that's a conversation for another time but um You did say, like, okay, so skipping a few pages in the sense that maybe we've missed something. Is that what you meant? Like, we're skipping a few pages, we're we're missing part of the action all of a sudden, boom. Either we missed it as in it was there in the serial and we didn't pay attention, or, yeah, Yeah. it it got lost in the edit or the script at some point. But it it didn't make sense to me. But the, the, the effect for freezing a cyber unit was left intact. Yeah. And the effect, the effect was nice. The effect was super nice, yeah, absolutely. And it's very possible that we missed something in watching this serial, but let's be clear, this serial is freaking amazing. The script is fantastic. Mm, definitely. I can only speak for myself, but if I were working as a script editor in 1982, and I came across this script, and it came to my desk, and I had to read through it and read pen it and whatever, by the time I handed it off to the next person, a couple of those pages are going to stick together, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> And again, I think everyone in podcast land knew where you were going. Knew with where that. that was going. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I spent way too much time building that up. <laughs> but it's the reason everyone's listening, and it's the reason I'm sat in this chair talking to you. <laughs> Predictable or not, it's entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Other props that look good, by the way, other effects that look good. So we have the carbonite thing. The descending doors in general look fantastic. There's a, in, I can't remember in which episode, this is quite early on, just a a weapons locker, like a gun locker, which requires a particular key that you plop into a keyhole, like an electromagnetic key. And that then allows you to move something aside and take out rifles. Looked badass. I did um, not pay attention to the lock, actually. But uh, yeah, I 
I definitely remember seeing like the rifle rack and them having a scene of like handing out guns, which was cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm struggling to find this in my notes now. I can't remember in which episode this is. There's also the thermal lance that the Cybers use. That looked fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. In general, very good looking episode. Yeah, definitely. It, it felt high production. It felt like a lot of care was taken with everything. And yeah, we we have such a mixture of stuff as well. Like a lot of it is sci-fi ships and corridors and and models and stuff. But we we also started on Earth in a in a cave and uh, and outside the cave, you know, on location as well. Yeah, good shit. So how about we rate this? Oh, do let's. And now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la 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 la. Ratings. Shazamatron. Welcome to the uh, our minis section of this podcast episode. Uh, as it turns out, I lost the index finger on tip of nose game, and thus I am the first to deliver my mini and rating. I'd like to start by saying my pint of Negroni is empty. Imagine it's not empty. <laughs> now I'm pouring one out for the dinosaurs. That <laughs> This one really made me empathize with those, <laughs> with those critters. But more to the point, here's the thing. Uh, holy smokes, I'm going to bullet point this. Doc is on fire here. Like we said during our review, Davison is giving us a tour de force as the titular doctor of this TV show. I really think everyone in podcast land should have a look at it. It's called Doctor Who. Totally worth a while. Give it a shot. Why don't you? Tegan, she was reimagined as an alpha badass. Long gone are the days when she'd just complain about not being back at Heathrow in time to start her new job. I like this Tegan. More of her, please. Nissa. Wow, what a waste, but I guess you can't have everything. She, or rather the lack of her, may be the only reason I'm dropping decimals in my rating. Adric! Oh my goodness, Adric, finally he proves himself worthy of uh, of his maths badge. He proves himself worthy of his presence in the TARDIS. I will miss this Adric. I'm so glad that we have already lost the Adric that preceded this one. The Adric that we encountered and loathed in all the serials before this one. So what a shame to to finally have figured out what makes this character tick and how to justify his appearance on on screen in his very last appearance on screen. Oof. Farewell, Adric. Uh, I'd pour one out for you, but I already poured out my imaginary Negroni for the dinosaurs. (laughs) So, all right, fine. So let's carry on then with ancillary characters. Uh, We have Scott, plus points for the mustache. Beryl, tease up! Ringway, didn't see him coming. Not Burger. Okay, in my notes, I had written the following about Not Burger. God, she's a terrible actress. Dot, dot, dot. Oh, she was just killed. Now I feel a little bad. (laughs) (laughs) And the Cybers. The Cybers! Holy smokes, there are Cybermen in the serial and I love them. They're so kitsch, I'm not sure I'll ever be able to get enough of them. The plot here is bonkers. The Cybers had everything going their way and frankly, we should all be Cybered by now, yet somehow they lost. Mayhem, foreshadowing, John Wick in space, check, times three. Technobabble, check. Amazing writing, check. Fantastic production values, hold on while I unzip my trousers, check. I love this (laughs) serial. The only thing I'd like to see more of is, and no, it's not Adam. 
Adric. It's Snyder, the woman in part one who's introduced, whom we're made to empathize with, and who's then turned to Gloop. I bet there's more of her on the cutting room floor. Hashtag release the Snyder cut. This episode <laughs> made me reevaluate how I felt about a third of the companions and a quarter of the TARDIS crew. I started on a 5.0, and I may have talked myself down just a smidge. Yeah, it's a 4.9 for me. <laughs> wow. Yeah, boom. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing stuff. How do I follow that when he's literally thrusting his balls at the microphone again? <laughs> that's right, yeah. Sorry, that's the third and last time. <laughs> <laughs> I can only really concur. Yeah, I've I've written thumbs up and thumbs down points as well and Ooh. some thumbs up stuff yeah people die left right and center in this people get turned into goop really early on including snyder unfortunately but yeah yeah i'm i'm on board for this dark shit <laughs> <laughs> we only we only see the androids very briefly but they are really cool good introductory villain that makes you really worried for the the humans because yeah they kill people <laughs> um <laughs> And those humans, those futuristic soldiers, they're really good. They look really cool. They behave really well. They're a believable unit, like I said earlier. And they have a very capable and likable commander in the form of Scott. And I, I wanted to put a quick mention into a point where Scott is with Tegan and the other soldiers in the, the hold. And they're just kind of like sussing out the Cybermen situation. And he basically kind of works out because the crew of the freighter have basically the same guns as him and his soldiers. and the crew that were defending the bridge are all dead and they haven't seen the Cybermen body that is like, yeah, we should not attack the Cybermen, we're gonna die. Like, I don't know, it was a lovely moment where he was just shown to be a super intelligent and commanding leader and yeah, just a, a highlight for you from his repertoire. And on the other side of that, that big battle, we have the Cybermen being really cool and just shooting the place up and the Cyber leader is just a fucking sadistic bastard. I love it. <laughs> Excellent. I mean, the set like to explain the fact that he doesn't want to kill people because he wants them to be on a ship that's going to crash into the earth so he can work out what humans are like put under that situation to better oh. combat humans. I mean, lovely. <laughs> Poetic. <laughs> Poetic. <laughs> Maybe I should be in some kind of institution. I don't know. <laughs> In other, you know, badass terms, like Tegan, I mean, she turns into a fucking badass, as you've you've already highlighted. We've already discussed it. You know, yeah. awesome stuff. You're right to highlight Doc as well, being a lot better in this serial and, yeah, having some really cool moments, definitely. But in terms of the TARDIS crew team, it has to be Adric that's getting the bulk of the attention because that's what this serial drives home. It's what we're given and it's what we deserve. <laughs> yeah, there, there are some so many lovely moments with uh, Adric and the Doc, you know, the, when they're exploring the freighter together and Adric's hiding in the shadows and then Doc is just like brazenly walking around and it's like, I want to be seen. And, you know, lovely little bits of interplay. And then after the initial thing where they're at each other's throats, they apologize to each other and you feel like their relationship is growing 
boring and uh, you know you're sympathizing with these characters and sometimes i love them a bit more and ah uh, all of this in the thing where we already knew unfortunately that it was his last one but imagine if you didn't know and all of this was just swept away from you ah uh, glorious stuff and the, the 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 other kind of real important thing which we didn't really mention in discussion was he works on this problem to try and i, I mean his motivation is more from the fact he wants to solve a problem but you know he wants to also save the earth more than the humans the humans give up earlier than adric adric stays there to the end and yeah it's it's a lovely thing for his character yes though there are some issues like oh here we go the cyber plan you are right to pick it apart there are some big holes with that can kind of put it aside in my mind though nissa is sidelined big time can't really put that aside it's unfortunate nature i think of just having three companions you've bigged up two of them you can't really big up three of them maybe i don't know it's just too much work even in a four-part serial it's just very good point just not enough screen time for it i've mentioned already doc's in action in certain scenes bothered me it felt like a different doctor a different portrayal a different script whatever he would have been talking his way out of stuff trying trying to come up with a plan not just standing there giving up anyway but i i also feel like there's another negative thrown in about adric's you know sacrifice that the way it, it was timed with the revelation about the dinosaur killing event kind of undermines his sacrifice like he's shown to be kind of like working on the problem to the end and it's like it seems like he's trying to save humanity and then we the viewers get told this thing has to happen this is what destroys the dinosaurs Mm. it's what causes humanity to exist and it kind of just like slightly undermines it and which is a bit of a weird good point a weird thing to to throw in there i don't think it really ruins anything i don't think any of those points really ruin anything which is why you will not be shocked to hear that I have also given this a very high rating. In <gasps> fact, <laughs> oh my goodness! The number I wrote down is uh-huh. four point nine four because <laughs> <laughs> I can't round it up to a five. I think there are too many problems, <laughs> so I have to round it down to a four point nine. <laughs> Ah, oh, you bastard. So you were giving it the same rating, but you're proving yourself the more generous man. <laughs> I wrote it down before you said anything. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Really, really fantastic stuff. Now let's hear from Podcast Land. Max 250, or it would get out of hand. Well, we've reached the Lesnar Minis, a section of this podcast episode. Why? Mm-hmm. Aren't you lucky? <laughs> <laughs> We certainly are, because we've just read through most of them. The 11 that we have received. Holy smokes, yeah. Yeah. And because it is quite quite a lot to get through, we are doing some snippets from them. Please obviously go to the website and you can read all of these um, as they were originally submitted to us in their full splendor. We will give you Damn right. just a taster yeah seriously seriously please do i'm assuming that you do anyway but like please do (laughs) because you may not have noticed this but we pressed pause on the recording to go through these on our own they're really good yeah these are basically our friends who agree with us (laughs) by the way of course yeah In fact, yeah, actually, I just I say, of course, actually, this is a rare occasion, spoiler alert, where most people do agree with us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so who's first? Why, first up, we've got Stephen. Stephen. 
from, from Canada. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Stephen. Hello there, Stephen. First snippet from Stephen. It's clear those behind the scenes had immense love of the Cybermen, with references to some of their greatest stories and deepest lore. It was great to see clips of previous Doctors being used. It really makes the ever-changing series feel more connected. Yeah, absolutely. We included this because we didn't talk about it at all no, in we our didn't. review, by yeah. the way. No, I'm, but I mean, there's the first Doctor, there's the second Doctor, there's the fourth Doctor. It's very good stuff. Good stuff. Um, snip, snippity, snip, snip, snip. Stephen concludes, I've often been very generous with my ratings, but I've always been sure to keep the 5 out of 5 rating for exceptional stories. This is one story I feel confident granting the coveted rating of 5 gold stars out of 5. <gasps> so we're starting with a 5 out of 5. Wow. Just to clarify, Stephen, you're setting the tone. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Stephen gave us a hell of a lot more than that. Um, yeah, so, so much more. Definitely have to go and read about his take on Adric and killing dinosaurs. Good stuff. <laughs> Next up, we have got Kieran Evans. What up, Kieran? Hello there, Kieran. First snippet from Kieran is Eric Sword continues his writing success from The Visitation with this one, smashing it on so many levels with wonderful character moments. Great setups, payoffs, and excellent tension. Plenty of deaths, some very gruesome. And did you notice that when Snyder is killed, the radio is still in what remains of her hand? <sighs> Sawwood trope check. So neither one of us, we discussed this one during our pause, neither one of us noticed this. No. We just saw the gloop and the, the name tag. Uh, I am super duper looking forward to the, I can't remember which ones they were now, but the two Dalek stories that Sawad, um, or Sawad, that uh, Oscar Grammy wrote, because holy smokes, I want to see Remains of Hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Snip, snippity, snip, snip, snip. Kieran concludes, really my only gripe about this one is Nissa. She's very passive and a bit naive at various points. Yeah, I dislike how she is written in this one. This is, rightly so, regarded as one of the greatest classic Who stories. And it gets, from Kieran, 4.5 out of 5. Mm -mm -mm. Lovely that stuff. That is yet another solid rating. Holy smokeroonies and cheesecakes. Uh, that's some seriously good stuff. Go to whoback1.com, read it in its full splendor. But perhaps even more importantly, we need to think about the environment. No longer shall we drive petrol-fueled <laughs> vans. We will drive electric vans. And where do we go, Jim Cakes, to purchase our not first but second electric van? It is, <laughs> so of course, KJE Vans Two. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> In the Twitter sphere. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. Thank you very much, Kieran. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kieran. Next up, we've got Ed Corbett. It might be Ed Corbett. Boom, boom. Ed Corbett. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Pine and Negroni hitting me, as usual, right as we hit the minis. <laughs> Ride the wave. Do you want to start this one? <laughs> I will start this one. Watch me. Ed sends a whole paragraph, which we are snipping. Then he jumps in with, I like Scott. In brackets, future bagels. <laughs> 
He was proactive without being gung-ho. In fact, this story in general showed a noticeable increase in acting quality, agreed. The scene after Kyle's death when Nissa tells Scott, the doctor won't thank you for throwing away your life, made me think, hmm, this one might actually be really good. Mm. A little bit snip of another paragraph, and then we're on to, and so we say goodbye to brave Cyberman 10347, giving their life to stop Adric eradicating the human race from time. Adric also dies after crashing into a painting of the Earth. (laughs) His death no doubt met with the same glee as DC readers had when they voted to kill Robin. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's excellent. Also love 10347. (laughs) (laughs) So what does Ed give this, Jim Cakes? Why, Ed gives this 4.2 with a suffix of, holy crap. Did the Doctor shoot that Cyberman in the chest four times? Isn't this the nice Doctor? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he did, Ed. Yes, he is. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Very nice, Ed. Thank you very much. People who are not Ed's, uh, and also people who are Ed's, go to backwana.com, read Ed's mini in its full splendor. Thank you very much, Ed. Thank you, Ed. Next up, holy smokes, uh, long time no see for this mini reviewer. Yes, it's Daniel, a.k.a. Doctor in Waiting. Doctor in Waiting. Hello, Uh, Daniel. Hello, Daniel. Thank you for coming back. What up? Yeah, welcome back. Daniel split his review up into the good, the bad, and the ugly. We, unfortunately, are just reading the good and the ugly. You will have to go to whobackwhen.com to read the bad. And, of course, yeah, we are just giving a freaking good. snipping of both. Yeah, the bad is really good. <laughs> yeah. So it's the good. The good's good. And the good, good yeah, the that we're going to really read now, which is really good, is this good. <laughs> so basically what we're saying is, Doctor in Waiting, Daniel, Dan, can we call you Dan? Send us the good, the good, and the good. <laughs> it's all great. Fuck, he sent us the great, the great, and the great. Tag him now, bit. As long as the great's good. If the, if the great's just good, no. <laughs> the good that we are reading from Daniel's review is, our villains are hidden throughout a tense episode one, in which the producer forgets it's a children's show and recreates an aliens-like atmosphere, complete with steaming piles of chucks representing the eliminated marine rescue team. <laughs> yes, indeed. And we should say, not the first alien or aliens reference in a mini, in a listener mini. This episode is just, we haven't necessarily read out the other references. This, like, clearly this rang a bell or two in podcast land. Very Definitely nice. so, Yeah. Yeah, so thank you very much, Daniel. Uh, snip, snippity, snip, snip, snip. We're heading over to the ugly section, which also is great. In which he says, In the final touching moments of Adric's death, Nyssa buries her head in Tegan's shoulder to hide the sniggers and delight as she realizes she will now get more screen time after spending another serial as the stay-at-home TARDIS wife. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With all the other things that Daniel says, which you have to go to whobackman.com to read them all in their splendor, he gives this a rating of 4.1 silver fists out of 5. Nice. Excellent stuff. Yes, love to all of us. Well, love to you as well. And also in a response to a comment we kind of omitted from your mini, TARDIS Vodka Limited, unfortunately, still awaiting government support. <laughs> 
Great. Thank you very uh, much, Daniel. Thank you very much, Daniel. Next up, we've got Peter Zunich. It's Peter Zunich. Zunmeister. <laughs> <laughs> what up, Peter? What up, Peter? Peter says a whole bunch of stuff. We're doing the old schnip schnippity schnip 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 trick, and we're starting kind of kind of close to the end, quite frankly. I hear some cheering for Adric leaving. He says, but I would point out what an amazing send off he gets. Somebody finally wrote his character well. Indeed, yes. Yeah, here's our friend who agrees with us. And Peter continues. I don't need to go into how the story is amazing. The character interaction is great. How we feel for all of them. There's no need to mention how the sets and costumes are wonderful. The effects are lovely and the pacing is perfect. So really, I won't mention them. (laughs) (laughs) But of course, he sneakily did, didn't he, listeners? (laughs) Sneaky Peter. And with this, Peter ends with a rating of 4.95 slimy humanoid remnants on a cave floor being stepped in during a conversation about how they used to be our friends. (laughs) Okay, first off, gross. Secondly, excellent. Thirdly, fantastic rating. Fourthly, Jim Cakes. Don't you feel like you gave this a really low rating now? Yeah, Peter, your heart is like so much bigger than mine. It's it's just it's <laughs> unreal. Yeah. Uh, really, really good stuff. As freaking always, Peter. Very nice. Thank you very much. Great stuff. Thank you very much, Peter. As with everyone else, please head on over to whobackone.com. Read Peter's mini in its full splendor. Dooby dooby dooby. You'd be crazy not to. Next, we have got that guy who is a little bit mattily. <laughs> what up, Matt? <laughs> Hello, Matt. Matt has submitted so many a mini that we're going to read it in its full splendor. In fact, Jim Maroney, do you want to take this one? Sure. Matt says, Hi, guys. I'll keep this to a mini mini, as I'd hope you were inundated. And we were. Yeah, indeed. Earthshock was a proper cyber surprise for viewers back in 1982. Brilliant. With real peril and proper tension. 4.9 out of 5. Instantly. Hey! <laughs> hey, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally, says Matt, on the DVD, there is a claymation sequel that sees Adric survive the freighter crash, only to be eaten by a (laughs) (laughs) T-Rex. Brilliant. Five out of five. (laughs) Go find it on the YouTubes. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Haven't done it yet. Definitely will after this recording. (laughs) Fantastic stuff. So, yeah, poor Adric, three different fates according to, um, well, I guess the BBC, to (laughs) one degree or another. (laughs) Yeah, fantastic. Thank you very much, Matt. Love to you all, he says as well. Love to you, Matt. People who are not Matt, please say hi to Matt online. He can be found at Matt, what, Jim? 1701E. That's right. Like the first contact enterprise. Also one of my favorites, Matt, just just for the record. Thank you very much. Thank you, Matt. Also the same enterprise that appears in Swing Shift. <laughs> yeah. Of course you do. Next up, we've got Andy Parkinson. Hello, Andy. Well, hello there, Andy. I don't know why we do city voices when it comes to you. I don't know either. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Uh, Andy, if you are in any way bothered by the fact that we've decided that you're from the deep south, (laughs) uh, let us know. 
Um, Andy has been a spiffing champ and has provided both a mini and a maxi. We will be putting the maxi on whobackone.com. And because of time constraints and so on and so forth, we've already gone over this. We're going to do a little schnip, schnippity, schnip, schnip, schnip of his mini. Here we go. Schnip, schnip. So here we are, Adric's final story. And he's literally going out with a bang and taking the dinosaurs with him. There's just one problem. No one gives a shit. You'd think a companion exit would mean Adric would at least get to be likable, but no. Right from the off, he's like a petulant teenager sulking in his room and bickering with the doctor. He gets in a huff about going home, but doesn't want to go anyway. No wonder Doc left him behind. (laughs) Very interesting take, Andy. (laughs) Yeah, and quite frankly, it's true. It's just... I would I would perhaps argue that that changes a little bit later on in the episode, but absolutely, completely true, man. Yeah, definitely. We are unfortunately glossing past the likes and beef section of Andy's review, which obviously you can go to whobackwhen.com and read those for yourselves. And getting to the end where Andy sums up a little bit with, I don't really like the personality traits of this incarnation of the Doctor, but Davison does play it very well. His reaction to Adric's death is well played. Yeah. Final little snippet of step just to the rating of which Andy says, I award this 3.2 Cyberman moon boots out of five. <laughs> Excellent rating system. <laughs> nice. Fantastic stuff. We did kind of focus on the negatives in this mini. Very sorry about that, Andy. Podcast land, please go to backwonder.com, read this in this full in its full splendor. In fact, read the maxi in its full splendor. There are plenty of plus points here as well and it's a very interesting mini so please do in the meantime you can say hi to andy on twitter he can be found at caffrey's or what jim 71 that's right and that's the number thank you very much andy thank you andy (laughs) (laughs) who's up next next up (gasps) it's one of these new review Hello and welcome to Graham Taylor. Hello, Graham. Oh my goodness, big virtual hug to you coming on board. Dang right. Hello indeed. Welcome aboard, Graham. Graham starts. This episode reminded me of a few different things. Tegan was John McClane slash Ellen Ripley. Yet another alien reference. Mm-hmm. Adric was Flash Gordon. The Doctor was mostly useless and very bad-tempered. Nissa was totally useless. And the soldier bloke with the tash was very heroic, risking himself to help and rescue others while being told off by Nissa for doing it. Mm. Oh, that's an interesting observation. I like yeah. that. That's really good. I like that. Very good. Graham continues, great to see the Cybermen again. Dang right. But let's face it, the whole episode was overshadowed by Adric saving the day and using his massive ego to wipe out the dinosaurs (laughs) and we thought it was an asteroid (laughs) (laughs) love how this series started like the angels in new who in the caves then moved to alien before a dramatic ending and no end music Oh, I like that as a comparison. Mm. What's that one called? uh, Something of Stone? Is it Flesh and Stone? Oh, whatever. I don't know. Flesh and Stone! Yes, thank you. Excellent. Yes, exactly. Excellent reference, Graham. Yeah. And uh, Graham gives us a rating saying this was a good one. This was a 4.6 out of 5. Mm-mm. 
Hmm. It also says, Bad guy who joined the Cybermen always held his gun right next to Adric and the Doctor, and neither of them grabbed it? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, that's true. <laughs> For a second there, I was I, like, I almost wanted to say, yeah, but that's not like the Doctor to grab a gun, but this is also the serial where the Doctor grabs a gun and, like, blasts people right in the chest. Yes, which does actually lead very nicely into Graham's final, final point of, also, the Doctor killed the leader of the Cybermen with a nipple gripple. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Yeah, thank you very much, Graham. Thank you so much, yeah. We are absolutely crazy, super-duper chuffed to be travelling down this temporal road with you, so welcome aboard, dude. So super stoked to have you on board. And also, minor side point to the uh, less observant listeners out there, Graham, being a new reviewer, had his review read out in full, because we're just that nice. That's right. (laughs) That is right. Check out the big hearts on us. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Graham. Next up, we have... (gasps) Why is Paul wearing? Hello, Paul. Hello, Paul. Paul starts with some stuff. We're snipping it. And we're starting here instead. Sorry, Paul. The star of the story for me is Beryl Reed as Briggs. I think she does a cracking job portraying someone whose sole concern is delivering her cargo and securing her bonus. Her verbal tussles with Ringway contain some of the best lines in the story, especially about composing a particularly nasty epitaph for him. In fact, with the exception of the Professor and Nyssa, all the women in this story have an active role. Yes, super good. Very true. Good points. I don't think we drew enough attention to it. So thank you, Paul. Yeah, super good point. Also, absolutely loved that line. (laughs) (laughs) And we are slipping again and going to Paul's conclusion, which is, overall, Earthshock features a decent script. The return of the Cyberman with a much improved design and less strutting about with hands on hips. (laughs) (laughs) And the death of Adric. What more could you ask for? So, of course, (laughs) Paul gives this five out of five. Yeah. Woo! (laughs) Check out the big heart on Paul. Holy moly. (laughs) Fantastic. Bursting out of his chest cavity and leaving goop everywhere. (laughs) Reminding us, yet again, of Alien. Exactly. Really good stuff. Thank you very much, Paul. People of Podcast Land, please head on over to whobackwhen.com. Read this mini in its full splendor. There's a particular paragraph about the cyber chronology, which uh, I highly recommend. And when you are done, please find Paul on Twitter. High five him from us. He can be found at what, Jim? Pwaring. That's right. Spelled the way it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Next. Next one. Who we got? It's why, Mr. Tan Six Fingers. What up, Tans? Hey, Ben O'Neill. Tans. Slash Ben. Skipping past Tans's lovely intro to get to the first of his bullet points. It's another JNT serial with lots of female agency. The surviving scientists, multiple troopers, and both the captain and first officer of the freighter are all well-written women. Absolutely true. Damn straight. Again, I feel like we did not give enough you know, props to this. It's it's why it's such a well-rounded serial in a lot of respects, I think. Yeah, definitely. And what what sets it apart from so many other serials. Yeah. We we should have spent more time on this, quite <laughs> frankly. Like it's 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 a very important point. Returning to Tanza's Mini, we're gonna do a little bit of snip snippity snip snip snip, and we're going to this one. Adric is still a compulsive eater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked how that was just slid in there very subtly into the episode. <laughs> Hey-o! Oh, into the episode. <laughs> <laughs> 
There are also some negative points, though. The first one we are highlighting being, if the Cybermen had an invasion force of 15,000 silos of troops on board the freighter, why did the Cyberleader only evacuate the less than 100 troops he had activated after he turned the ship into a bomb? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. And and another negative, the Cyberleader shows too many emotions. Yeah, he's our friend who agrees with us. At the very least, Dang with right. you. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. We, yeah, sorry. It's the royal we. <laughs> it's the royal we, yeah. <laughs> I do not necessarily disagree. <laughs> Tans, aka Ben, concludes with a rating of 4.7 crumbled gold stars for mathematical excellence out of five. Excellent stuff. Good rating. Yeah, yet another freaking spiffing rating yeah. uh, format. Jim Gigs, if I want to get a hold of Tan Six Fingers, aka Ben O'Neill, on the interwebs, can I do that? Yeah, du kannst auf Twitter gehen und mm-hmm. I don't know what followers. Und, und nach wen werde ich suchen? <laughs> suchen. <laughs> and yes, there I can suchen for. <laughs> At Tans, that's German for dancing, six. The number. Fingers. Hand toes. <laughs> hand toes. <laughs> I was like, foot fingers. No, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Thank you very much, Ben. <laughs> Good stuff. Great stuff. Next up, last up. It's Who is it, Jim what up, Neil? Let's fucking do this, says Neil, and then jumps into the beginning of his mini, which I'm very sorry, Neil, we're going to do a little schnip, schnippity, schnip, 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 and we're going to read effectively the latter half of it. Because after that former half, he says, but never mind all that jazz. There is a certain young lad we must discuss. That's right. You guessed it. I'm talking about Walters, the poor bloke who was left outside the caves to monitor that massive scanner. What became of him? Is he still there? Come on, Chibnall. Give me some fucking closure. (laughs) Neil, you're a genius. (laughs) Oh, and Adric dies, says Neil, and it's a brilliant sequence. What an exit. Personally, I always found him more unintentionally entertaining than I did annoying, but I do guess why he wasn't everyone's cup of tea. But still, he was an important part of the history of our beloved show. And Earthshock is a banger. So, Neil gives this what, Leon? Well, he gives this a rating of 4.3 mm. out of 5. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Excellent freaking mini, Neil. That is some seriously good stuff. Please, please, podcast land, do yourselves a favor. Improve your lives by heading on over to whobackwinner.com, reading the first half of his mini, maybe rereading the latter half as well, and then going straight to Twitter, where you can high-five him and say hi from us. He can be found at Neil Watchit. Andrazoni. That's right. Thank you very much, Neil. Thank you, Neil. And thank you, everyone who submitted your beautiful minis. We love every single one of you. Platonically. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that wraps up Earthshock. It's been 
shockingly good. <laughs> it really has. Yeah. I've had a, an absolute blast. I'm so sorry. It's super duper late for you again in Berlin. I'm so sorry. No, it's been worth it. This has been cracking. It's been a wonderful episode to talk about. And we've had super fun over here, Podcast Land. I hope you've had super fun listening to us. But of course, things do not have to stop here because there will be more Who Back When. Uh, next up, we will be in New Who territory with what, Leon? Excellent question, Jim Kings. Next up, we've got Knock Knock. Who's that? Doctor. Doctor Who. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so terrible. It's good. Um, <laughs> then the next classic we will be discussing will be Time Flight, which will be uh, the series mm. 19 finale. Wow, that's, that's come right. around quick. And in bonus land, well, at some point we'll be getting to strange readings. Yeah, sooner or later. We, we've already received a whole bunch of recordings. There's a lot of production work still left to go. Uh, but uh, yeah, the next Who Back When uh, branded audio adventure, Doctor Who audio adventure, is imminent, let's say that, because time is relative. <laughs> That's a good caveat for everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, if you feel like you can't wait a whole other week to interact with us you can follow myself and leon on twitter uh, personally you can find me at jimmy the who jimmy the who you say my you have good hearing that's quite right <laughs> <laughs> thank you just check in that's some excellent branding no oh, thank you and where can they find your good self leon at the opposite end of the branding spectrum <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can be found at Ponken, P-O-N-K-E-N, because goodness knows why. <laughs> because Ponken, that's why. <laughs> that's right. Quite right, too. So, yeah, that's it for us today. Hope you've enjoyed it. Stay safe out there. Don't go nuts just yet. And see ya. Rock on. Cha-chao. Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends! But I've got no friends! No problemo, tell some strangers! Hey! Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome! High five us online and we'll high five you right back. You guessed it, we're at who back when. All in one word. Check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other Whovian goodness. Watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube. That's whobackwhen.com slash YouTube. Vote us up on Reddit, listen to us on Stitcher, and head on over to our website, whobackwhen.com, where you can submit a review of your own, browse the article archives, and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters, and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, ciao. Who back when?